outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast, your home for deer hunting news, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Mark Kenyon. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kenyon, and this is episode number 38. Today in the show, we've got something pretty unique, as we're interviewing two women about what it's like to be married to a serious deer hunter, and one of them is my wife. Here goes nothing. All right, welcome to the Wired to Hunt podcast. And as I mentioned, today we've got a really unique episode, and this could be very interesting or very bad for me. I'm not sure which, but we're interviewing my wife and my friend Corey's wife, Ashley. And we're going to be asking them all about what it's like to be a quote unquote hunting widow, you know, what it's like to be married to a whitetail addict. So, Dan, what do you think about this? How's this going to go? I'm just glad my wife's not a guest. I'll put it to you that way. I love her to death, but um, we we get into it about about this uh, topic and uh, the whole uh, um, the fall and how she becomes the fall widow and and how uh, I try to explain to her, hey, the you know it's only a certain amount of time out of the year and it just doesn't really matter to her. Yeah, it can be a challenge. I, yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this with Kylie, but it's definitely yep. a challenge that we've had to work through too. Um, yep. But I wanted to get your wife on here, but I figured, given the fact that your daughter, you know, coming from coming back home, I'd be, I know that'd be an issue. I think for you guys to, to figure that out in in the short term, and I realize it's kind of short term notice. So maybe yep. if I can convince you and her to do so at a later date, maybe we'll get her on the show too. Well, here's what I did: I forwarded her the questions. Uh, and she answered them. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. So I am going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give the answers to, to all of them because it makes it sound like, uh, like here, I'll just uh, give you an example. Here's the uh, question or the answer she gave to one question, bitch and wine a lot. <laughs> nice. Nice. 
that's so there's that that sounds good i, I still want her on the show <laughs> yeah for sure for sure oh i think uh i think this is gonna be interesting but yep. before we get kylie and ashley on the phone i did want to uh catch up with you a little bit what uh what's new have you been out hunting since we talked no um last weekend was my week to go and we had some unexpected visitors come into town and so that put that on hold and then that combined with the last weekend it was 40 degrees outside so no snow on the ground 40 degree weather just historically has been terrible hunting and although that was going to be my last possible time to hunt out of the week i decided you know i'm gonna uh earn brownie points i guess you could say and and take it and stay home that way this next upcoming week we can go to the ata show man that is a bummer yeah but you know i like i told you and like i said to all the listeners out there this this season was kind of an off season right off you know what i mean it's kind of solely dedicated to Ryan and getting him his buck that I didn't even really plan to do a lot of hunting. Uh, and with the, with my hunting proper properties being over an hour away, it just makes things really difficult at times. Yeah. I hear you. I, uh, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. It can be tough. My, uh, the bulk of my hunting is five hours away and, uh, that's a challenge. That's for sure. The good part um, about it. The good part about it is, is that I get to spend, Compared to the average Joe, I guess you'd say, I probably get to spend more time in the timber than most people, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah. Got to appreciate what you got. That's fact. Well, um, I hate to do what I'm going to do, but I'm kind of going to, I don't know, put salt in the wound, maybe, because... Are are you a one-upper? I'm a one-upper today. Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. I did get to go out hunting last weekend. Yeah, yeah. And it was the most fun I've had hunting since November. It was awesome. So me and my buddy Corey, whose wife is joining us on the show tonight, me and Corey went down to Ohio on Thursday night and headed down to our properties. I've got a spot that I hunt with my friend Josh, and Corey hunts a mile or two down the road. And um, we hunted Thursday night, Friday morning, and Friday night was all the time we had. But Thursday night, we both got down there. Um, I had an awesome sit because I saw the most deer I've ever seen on this property before. I saw probably 30 deer. And one of the deer I saw was Glenn, the big buck that I missed last year who blew up into a giant this year. And um, he's still alive and well. And it was January 2nd. So I was stoked to see him. Um, he's just, uh, he's a toad. He's, he's an absolute toad. We kept, look, we got more trail camera pictures of him. He's been all over now the last month or so on our farm. And, uh, man, he's even bigger than I think I realized. I mean, he's awesome. He's an awesome. What do you you think he's going to score? So this year he's at least, we went over and over. He's at least high sixties this year. Perfect. Um, he even, he might, he might be pushing 170, um, but, but most likely, high 160s but anyway regardless of that he's just a gorgeous buck so cool and i've seen him so many times and have so much history with him that um really 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 excited that he's going to be around hopefully for next year barring you know any 
um, other circumstances. But where he's living the majority of his time, I think, is a property that no hunting is allowed on. So that's property's right next to us, and it's a sanctuary, and so there's a really good chance he's going to make it since none of us killed him. So I'm excited about that. And next year he's just going to, you know, he'll be incredible. So I'm excited about that. That's that's good because it's it's like that that bit of information right there. I mean, your hunting season's over, right? As of right now, you're you're not going to make it back out into the timber anymore. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, so that little bit of information, knowing that you know, hey, this the shooter buck was still alive the last day you could possibly hunt in late January um, on a on a property that has is basically secluded. That's just it. Just rolls right into this next season, and it's already that anticipation for for 2015 is already there, and I love that. Oh, I know it. I'm exactly. And what's funny is I was kind of tiring out. Like I think when we talked last time, I was talking about how I'm pretty exhausted and was ready for the season to be done. And yeah. I'd been hunting in Michigan the last month and a half almost uh, solely, and you know it's been kind of a tough season in Michigan. Didn't have any real bucks that really I really wanted to hunt and the one buck that I was interested in hunting he hasn't shown up since mid-November and then the other three-year-old I wanted to get through the year he disappeared on the 17th of November so since then there hasn't been a single buck over two and a half that I've seen or got pictures of or anything so I've been kind of just down um, still about things in Michigan and uh, you know my excitement was kind of waning well I went down to Ohio and saw Glenn that first night just reamped that excitement and mm-hmm. then and then my buddy Corey picks me up that night because we carpooled down there. And as we're driving out of our property, just around the corner, we turn and the headlights go over this bean field and there's a giant standing in the beans. And I grab my camera really quick and just get a couple seconds of quick video just because I saw him there as we were turning. And we went back and looked at that video again. And that buck is junkyard. Do you remember that huge buck we caught in video camera or on trail camera this summer with all the junk around his brow tines and bases? Yeah, I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, super wide. Well, he's still alive. He was there. Awesome. He's a mega toad. So that was incredible. Well, the next morning, went out and hunted. I saw a decent buck, but it was still too dark. I could only see through my binoculars. I could just see him for a quick second. So I don't know what deer it was, but knew it was a good one, or at least a decent buck. Got a bunch of trail camera pictures of Glenn, of uh, the Beast, that really, really big, like 180, probably or mid-170s buck that I've got pictures of in the snow. I think you've seen that picture. Yeah. Um, another buck that we that I've been calling Blades, who's like a really nice mid-130s buck, three-and-a-half-year-old who's going to be really nice next year, um, and a handful of other deer. Just great trail camera pictures. So, again, another thing that's got me excited about the year. And then um, we go out that night, and this is Friday night. And this time I decided I wanted to get closer to the area where I saw Glenn so that I could hopefully get better video of him. And I'd also be a little bit closer to where all these does were moving in and out. I thought I'd get a a chance at a doe because, you know, as you know, I already filled my buck tag and you only have one buck tag in Ohio. So at this point I was just down there hunting does, but I wanted to see some of these bucks. Um, So I get out there again and it was just like the night before deer just start piling out like crazy. And, um, I'm watching doe after doe after doe after doe piling out. And I was actually sit, standing on the ground, hiding behind a tree. It was the only way I could kind of get into the area I wanted to be. Um, so I'm just standing behind a tree, tucked into some bushes with a, my camera on a tripod. And I'm mostly just really wanting to see some bucks because um, I was just stoked for that. Well, all of a sudden I see this big white frame come out of the timber about 150 yards away. And it's my heart just started like pitter-pattering like crazy. I'm like, holy smokes, it's Glenn again. And then this deer picks his head up and turns, 
and I realize it's not Glenn, it's and it's it's not Jawbreaker. I don't want to get into it because it wasn't Jawbreaker, but it was Blades, who's this really awesome three and a half year old who might be you know one thirty five, one forty, really nice deer. Um, and he came out, and I got awesome video of him, and got to watch him for like ten fifteen minutes. So that was awesome. And then he finally moved off, and then these does slowly came out in my direction, and I got a shot of doe. So I filled my tag. My wife is happy because, as you know, last time my wife was kind of upset with me that I hadn't killed a doe yet. So I got a doe on the ground. I saw three of our shooters and got pictures of a couple others. And um, so I thought that was awesome. And then I get a phone call, and it's Corey, and he tells me he just shot a big eight-pointer. So we just had, like, the most ridiculously awesome day-and-a-half trip to Ohio. He killed a really nice buck. We went and recovered it that night, came back, recovered my doe. So we... uh, came home with two deer in the truck and we were just absolutely stoked so i'm i'm really excited for the new season that's awesome now this property that you were hunting did it had was it prepared with food plots or were you guys hunting on some ag fields or what's the story there yeah so neither one of these properties we, we don't have any kind of control like that we um my buddy hunts by permission i've got a small lease and um, both of them though did have crop fields on them cut crop fields yep. um my property had corn so it was cut cornfield, and um, his property was a cut bean field. Um, in my case, there was a lot of there's a, the property next door had some bean stubble still, so the deer were piling out into the bean stubble and then kind of moving between my cut corn and the bean stubble on the next door field, and then uh, on his field he had deer kind of piling out uh, this little bit of a CRP patch and moving through some timber on the way to a food source. He thought they weren't really feeding in the beans by him. Um, I think those were pretty cleaned up, but yeah, we were in the right spots. And again, I think both, both areas, pretty low pressure. Neither one of us hunt those spots too hard. We're pretty careful about when we're in there. And, um, there was food, low pressure, and it was decent weather. It was in the thirties down there. And, um, there was a front, I think another big thing was there was a front coming through. So that night, Friday night, this big rainstorm slash ice storm was coming through. And when we caught these deer just before that front hit, and I think that they were, you know, feeding a little more just before then. So that is, uh, I think that's why we were seeing such action and, uh, why it all turned out the way it did. Right. Awesome. Yeah. and, And for our listeners out there, if you, live in Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Wisconsin, Minnesota, even up into the, the some of the plain states and we just got hit with a gigantic snowstorm. Yeah. And uh I think where I'm sitting, we got close probably between 7 and 8 inches of snow in, in the last 24 hours and this is one of those scenarios where if you can find a food source and you can find their bedding area and you can get in between there with these really cold um, temps coming. Today it's like high of, you know, in the teens. Tomorrow my area is going to be a high of negative six. So if you can, yeah, if you can find those two things, get in a tree stand. If you can tough it out or a blind or something, get in there, be patient, and there's a good chance that. Um, these deer are going to start herding up this last week or two of the season and you'll be able to uh, intercept uh, whether it's a doe or a buck or whatever you're chasing. Yeah, this is the late season weather that we've been dreaming of really right. all December because right. this is this is exactly what you need. I know uh, my buddy Pete, we call him Uncle Pete, and uh, he is actually in the woods right now and last night, I think it was last night, 
Um, last night, the night before, he was out and had a lot of deer moving, and a, a big eight was moving down towards his way, but he wasn't able to get a shot. But uh, tonight, he's just he's been texting me over the last couple 30 minutes, and uh, he said he's sneaking in right now, and there's already deer out feeding, and it's 3.15 his time. So yeah. I think uh, it could be a really good couple days here for guys yeah, and gals. That's a fact. So that all being said, it's uh, it's time to start talking about hunting widows so what do you think dan should we uh should we go grab my wife and pull her in here yeah let's do it all right i'm gonna go grab kylie we'll get ashley on the line and uh we are in for a very interesting conversation all right well here we go guys on the line with us now is my wife kylie and our friend ashley so welcome to the show guys Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for... So everyone knows whose voice is whose. Kylie, can you say hi? Hello. And Ashley? Hello. (laughs) Perfect. So, you know, as we were talking about before you girls jumped on the line, you know, we spend all of our time here on the podcast usually talking about what our life is like what it's like chasing these deer, hunting, talking about deer, thinking about deer, dreaming about deer, all this crazy stuff that we do. Uh, But rarely do we stop to take a second and think about what things are like on the other side with our wives or girlfriends or in some cases, um, you know, if it's a girl hunter with her husband or boyfriend or whatever it might be. Um, So, you know, we wanted to pick your brains about what it's like. I'm really curious. to hear what you both have to say about some of these things. And I'm sure a lot of people listening are too. Um, so, you know, me and Dan have some various questions that we're going to throw out there and hopefully it'll start a conversation going. And, uh, what I want to make sure we do here, and I know this isn't an issue with you, Kylie, because you don't, (laughs) you don't hold anything back, but you guys can be completely honest. Don't, you know, you don't need to be nice about this. If you really feel something, let's hear it. Um, uh, me and Dan, our feelings won't be hurt. Or Corey's. Corey's feelings won't be hurt either. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's the plan. And I thought I would start things out here with a simple question to get, get it kicked off. And the question is, would you consider your husband a deer hunting addict? And if so, is that a good or bad thing? And Ashley, I'm going to give that to you first. So is he an <laughs> addict, good or bad? Yes, he's definitely an addict. Uh, I joke and say it's a disease, but um, it is a good thing. I have always been supportive of him in doing this. I mean, we moved to Iowa, as you know, um, for him to actually go to school. But, of course, of all of the schools that he chose to attend, um, he chose the one in Iowa, which we all know why he was that one (laughs) on top of the fact that it was a great school and is a great school um he also got to hunt in the land of giants so to speak um which i do feel is just bottom line it's his passion um i think he reflects on life when he's out there i think he's collects his thoughts he feels at peace i mean there's a lot of things that i would say i support and i think is a very good thing well that's good what uh, what about you, Kylie? What do you think? I I guess I don't think I really have to even answer that question because <laughs> I know you could answer that for me. Um, 
whether it's a, a good or a bad thing, uh, it's definitely a good thing. I had a lady at work, and when we first started dating, she used to always, she was a big, big advocate for you, and she'd always say they could have worse hobbies. You know, they could be at the bar or out gambling or Lord knows what. So if you can find someone and, and their passion is being outdoors and, and doing what you do, I think it's it's a good thing. I'm glad that some of the things that I say are wearing off on you, Kylie, because I feel like that's something I've said before to you, too. <laughs> and now you're actually repeating that's how you justify it to me. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a good argument, I think. What, uh, Dan, did you ask your wife this question? Uh, well, she knows I'm a whitetail addict. Um, and if you ask her, she'd probably say it was a good thing that, you know, I'm not doing cocaine in some alley or something like that. Or, you know, hanging out with the ruffians of the neighborhood. But it's, but as far as a bad thing, she just, her, her main thing is, I don't know if you guys have children yet, but I have uh, a daughter that's almost two and my wife is six months pregnant right now. So her energy level is a little low anyway. So she's very understanding and I get a hunt way more than most guys in my situation would, but, um, but I think the time away from home, uh, and with, with a child is, is just stressful at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of, of that right there, the time away from home, that's typically one of the biggest things that, you know, me and Kylie have had some challenges with in the past. And I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, just dealing with their significant other being off away somewhere else doing something different. Um, so Kylie, like I said, we talked a lot about this in the past where, I guess, tell me, tell me about in general, how it's been over the past six years, you know, dating and now being married to me and me being gone for, you know, weeks on end sometimes on these hunting trips. How's that been for you? Has that been a challenge and how have you, you know, worked through that and how have we worked through that? Yeah, I definitely think it's been a challenge, and I think at the beginning of our relationship, it was probably what we fought over, for lack of better words, the most. I think it, it caused a lot of headache, and I think initially, I didn't I didn't get it. You know, I had never been around somebody that was that intense. My dad, you know, would go hunting occasionally, but not to the level that you were, so when it was like, all right, well, I just put in my two weeks vacation for, you know, October, I'm like really we're not gonna go anywhere like you know you didn't think about that so I, I I think we used a lot of different strategies I remember like threatening like well fine I'm gonna go on a cruise by myself and <laughs> I started like looking and then you're like what you're gonna go by yourself so it took us a while I think to finally have that conversation and figure out and for you to wrap your head around the fact that you had to you know be fair with it and and Ashley and I have talked about this before too so I remember you would say, okay, well, I'll take this week off for hunting, and then the other week we'll go do something. So even just taking that initiative and, and showing me that you thought about it and you understand, and I think that was a big help. Um, now I think it's more of a blessing because we both work from home. So when that week and a half is coming up, I, I almost get excited about it because we do spend <laughs> a lot of time <laughs> in general so yeah, things have definitely changed yeah it's funny when you talked about those early years with us I remember one particularly um traumatic event when I was working in California still 
and I was going to get to come home for a weekend, I think it was. And I'm assuming it was like, you know, I was out there in California. You lived in Michigan and we hadn't seen each other in like a month or two or something like that. And I was coming home in like November and I'm pretty sure you thought at this point we've been dating like just about a year, I think. Um, I imagine you were thinking he's going to come home, have a really nice romantic weekend with me. And instead, I told you I was coming home to go hunting for the weekend, and you were not having that. And I just couldn't understand why you were upset at me. I remember sitting at work and talking to my coworkers, and like, Kylie's all upset at me because I want to go hunting, but it's the only time of year I can go hunting, and I don't get it. But you were probably thinking the same thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Because I remember you wanted me to drive up to Green Rapids, I think, and just, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Just hang out with your mom, like, while you're hunting all day? <laughs> and I think I might have ended up coming up there, but literally, like, on the way up, I think I, like, headed home initially, and then I talked myself into, like, fine, I'll just go up there, and I'm sure I pouted the whole time I was up there, but. <laughs> well, uh, do you remember, though, I did get a buck that weekend. <laughs> so no, see, I don't even remember that, so it's. <laughs> well, so there you go. It shows how you remember the emotions of the weekend, and I remember the, sh- the fact I shot a deer. Oh, man. But uh, I guess, you know, Ashley, how about you? I know things are a little bit different with your situation with Cora than me and Kylie's right now. Um, But what about you? Was that a challenge when you guys started? And where do you guys stand today with it? Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash MeatEater. Um, actually, I'd say 
it was not a challenge at first. Um, if anything, I feel like it was easier because we lived in Iowa. So for me, it was at our doorstep. I mean, if he wanted to go hunting, he could just go. I mean, it wasn't, and we, we still don't have children, but at the time we didn't, obviously. And um, I will say that plays a big role in it, I'm sure. Things change when you have children, and that is one of them. That It's not that it changes, it just adds another element to it. But um, as far as that goes, I would say at first it was a lot easier. Now it's changed because it's the real world for us. I mean, now we've been in um, Michigan for four years, and um, with work, Corey, as you know, is a chiropractor, and so having a practice and and having the demands of owning something like that and not working from or something, it just changes your schedule so much. And yeah, so I would definitely say that it's a lot more challenging now, not, not as far as the want or the will or, or the drive to still hunt mostly reality as far as work and life and, and things that come up. Now, what about for you though? Now that he, when he does want to go hunt, he's gone for a week in Ohio or Iowa. Is that, how do you feel about him being gone for that long? Do you like it? Are you upset when he's gone? Are you bummed when he's gone? What do you think about that? I kind of like it now. <laughs> I I look forward to it because Kylie and I can do some things. And um, I don't know, I, I really do like it because of the time of year. I really enjoy the time of year myself. It's probably my favorite season. So I do a lot of things um, apart and separate from Corey. I have hobbies as well. So it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't really bother me. Um, But yeah, I I do, I like it when he's gone a little bit. I will say when it comes to the vacation planning though, because of the limited time I feel like we have now as far as between hunting and then maybe vacationing, um, it gets frustrating when you're discussing the time of year because I will say, one of the things that we will possibly argue about is the time of year. Of course, hunting is the same time every year. So I've often said, so pretty much I can never schedule any kind of trips in the fall through, you know, the winter. And even really, I feel like shed hunting is another big thing. Um, we both thoroughly enjoy shed hunting. And so that's really something that is off limits as far as time of year. So yeah, that's really probably the biggest challenge is planning the hunting with family time, you know, vacation, actual vacationing. So so I want to get back to that, um, but <laughs> I just thought of something that I want to throw at you here real quick, Ashley. We just talked before you and Kylie got in the line about our Ohio trip that me and Corey took and the fact that he mm-hmm. shot a really, really, really nice eight-pointer down in Ohio. But rumor has mm-hmm. it, Rumor has it that you're trying to tell him he shouldn't get it mounted. Is that true? And why would you say that? (laughs) Oh, yes. Let's break this rumor. Um, I, number one, have never said yes or no to Corey as far as any of the mounting that has been done. Recently, because he's been hunting for quite some time, um, we were trying to put some um, guidelines on shoulder mounting or otherwise because of the space that we have. Um, we It's not that we're lacking a lot of space, um, but let's face it, Corey is a trophy whitetail hunter, so he's not necessarily going to be taking a 115, 120-class whitetail if he has a choice, of course. So um, 
which of course he has a choice. I so no, I did not say he cannot mount this nice eight point buck. <laughs> I simply said, "What's our what's the guidelines we had kind of discussed?" And he said, "Well, we were talking about mounting it. You know, if it was 140 inch." or more, and this falls into about, I think, the 130 class. So that was where the, the hardship was. Of course, he wants to know everything because he values everything, and I do too. Um, but like I said, if he hunts for the rest of his life, we will literally have hundreds, it seems like, of mounts. So the discussion of whether he is or is not mounting it, he is mounting the buck. Um, <laughs> he is mounting the buck. I never said no. <laughs> It was simply a discussion that we had about if there should be a guideline as, you know, 140, 150, what, what is reasonable to mount, what is reasonable to do a European mount or, or something like that. So <laughs> sounds um, to me like you guys need to uh, get a bigger house for more wall space <laughs> or, or like build an addition. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ashley, don't you think that like when you are standing for you and Corey are looking at the same wall, how somehow Corey thinks she can fit like 15 shoulder mounts and you're like, okay, maybe like eight. Amen. I know Mark does that with our wall. He's like, we can fit 10 on this wall. I'm like, what? Where? Like, I don't even understand, but it must distort their perception or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Actually, we have a decent sized house, I would say. And, um, we definitely have the room as far as where he's been putting them for a while. Um, it was actually brought up by Corey to me whether, you know, he should or should not mount it. And that's kind of, and not this one in particular, but there was one that we, he mounted years ago um, that he looked at and he's like, man, you know, I really shouldn't have mounted that. And I said to him, I was like, well, at the time it was what you considered a trophy because at the time he had only ever lived in Michigan. And I'm not discounting Michigan. I'm saying that that was his experience. He had never hunted out of state. So, um, that's where the conversation stemmed was, should I or shouldn't I mount this? And yes, I agree, Kylie. <laughs> we can be looking at the same wall and he's like, oh, hon, I, I can put 16 more up there. I'm well, like, yeah, maybe five. Uh, they're quite large, Corey. <laughs> well, you got you to gotta realize that when it comes to who really are the expert interior decorators in the family, me and Corey probably take the cake there, don't you think? So we, we would know. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. but but in all honesty i mean ashley you do have a lot of kitchen wall space and i know your living room has a lot of wall space and i think that sunroom you could stick another 12 to 15 um so let's just be creative here you know in yeah point, yeah you know bedroom mm -hmm. uh -huh. when he, yeah. when he uh -huh. had a 140 restriction he was probably talking about a 10 pointer too it, so that just drops 10 inches for the eight pointer which you know you see, this is a standard that we actually had this conversation with Ashley and Kylie on New Year's Eve. And we said this, we said 140 inch 10 pointer, but if it's an eight pointer, 130. So thank you. I, I didn't coach Dan on that either. That's just him just saying that. So nice. yeah. great minds think alike, huh? Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so Dan, what, what do you have for the girls? All right. So let's, uh, let's go back into the future or whatever. And, uh, when when uh, you guys were started dating your husbands, I I'm gonna tell a quick story about I had a relationship with a girl and I told her yeah I'm a hunter in the fall and, and whatever and I I wasn't I didn't go into detail about it I just told her hey I, I'm a serious hunter and I I go out in the fall 
So after every every weekend in October and November and two two weeks straight off in um, November, she at she was like, "You need to stay home, or you need to do this." And started um, and sh- she didn't understand that. You know, I don't think I got to her, and that that was probably my fault. Now with my current wife, right before we started dating, before we made it official, I sat down with her and I told her. I am a serious hunter. And when I mean serious, I mean you may not see me in October or November. Um, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to go do this crazy stuff out in the woods, and I'm going to sit in a tree for long periods of time. And she's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm cool with it. Because, you know, you, you want to you seem interested at first when you like the, these new people and their hobbies and stuff. So I said, I don't think you get it. So I had to sit her down again right, right in that same room, and I was like, this, listen – this is your chance to leave because I am I am obsessed with this, and so I'm I'm kind of curious. And, and uh, Kaylee, you can start this out. How did how did the quote unquote talk go? Did did Mark break the talk to you? No, no. I feel like I we totally missed that step. And for those of you that don't know Mark before Wired to Hot, he was like. Straight out of like an Abercrombie store, like. Oh my God! <laughs> hey, that's recorded. That is recorded. That's on. That's on the record. It was like false advertising. Like, that is ridiculous. You were like a super pretty boy, city boy. Like when, I, when we first started talking, you had just gotten back from New York, and you know you were a marketing major. So I was, you know, I, I didn't really know you were like, yeah, I'm Hunter, I'm Hunter. And I don't think we ever, you would like sat me down and you were like, look, this is when I'm going to be gone. It was just like slowly accumulating more and more. And then, I mean, when you went to California, like you had mentioned, that was like the end of it. So you were, when you were gone for that long, you came back and it was like, to me, it was like, holy cow, you'd done like a 180. You went from like, oh yeah, I hunt to like living and breathing it. And part of that was because the blog really started to, to take off or where to hunt really started to take off when you were out there so you came back and you know with this new passion and this new interest in it but yeah no you you totally I didn't get to sit down and talk that Dan gave his wife I guess I got gypped on that one Mark uh, I just think you weren't listening hon <laughs> so did you so was it a shock to you when you realized how much time he was going to be away from you for sure yeah definitely because like okay. I said, I mean, my dad would hunt, but when you're a child and you see that, it's like, you know, for me, it was like he'd walk out in the, the backyard for, you know, two or three hours a night. But then when you look at the level that you guys are doing it, where it's, you know, you're planning week and a half long trips and it, and, and then you went out west too. So that's a whole, well, I guess not out west for you, but you did the, 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 oh, what did you hunt this year? You Nebraska. Know? Nebraska. So when you add that to to just wait till deer hunting, it's it's another week. So it's a whole other level that I was not not familiar with. What about you, Ashley? Uh no, I did not get the talk. Um, however, when I went to um, Corey's parents' house, actually his old room, so to speak, because we started dating when um, we were in college as well, um, literally was shoulder mounts. The entire room was shoulder mounted bucks, pretty much. And I walked in and I'm like, Corey, they're um, like over your bed. 
<laughs> and he's like, what are you talking about? That's like normal. And that's when I really realized how much, I mean, it just was in my face. Um, and then that's when I, I, it just clicked. I'm like, yeah, this is his, this is his thing. My mom used to say every man has a thing, whether it be golfing, whether it be hunting, whether it be, you know, you name it. If they have it, that's what they're going to do. Um, so, but I will say the shock for me was when he chose, <laughs> when he chose the state that he was going to go to graduate school in and why he was going there. I mean, it was, of course, again, because it was a great school, but let's be honest, the reality was is it was in Iowa. So that was ultimately in my, from my perspective, the deciding factor, um, I don't know. It just really didn't shock me, but I didn't get that talk either. And I was okay with that, I would say. But I would say women, I don't know, not all women, but if if they if they stay around you for a while, as far as hunting um, men go, likely, I, w- I would say if they're with you during that time and they stick with you through that time, likely they, they know it and they're probably going to be a little bit more cooperative than others. <laughs> So I've got another addendum to this then for all the, we'll say the guys listening and girls, um, for anyone who is, you know, not in a relationship right now, but might be getting into one soon, would you recommend that they have the talk with their significant other or, um, to your point, Ashley, is it better just to give them time to get used to you and see your thing first and then, you know, have them just kind of realize it by, um, by virtue of just spending time with you? Uh, and I guess, Ashley, let's continue your thoughts on that. And then we'll go to Kylie. Mm-hmm. Hard to say because I believe every woman is different and their expectations of a new relationship are different. Um, with, with us, for example, I knew that we would be waiting a while to have children. I was the one to jump the gun on that and say, let's have kids right away. And that also allowed for more time, um, more personal time on each end. So, I would say feel the other one out for it. And then if you feel it's necessary to have the talk, have it. But I really think it shows an action. I mean, you can say a lot of things and still not grasp it. I mean, honestly, even if if I hated, hated hunting, which I do not at all, let's say I did, it still wouldn't change the fact that I loved him. So I do believe you are... You really have to swallow it. If you're, if you are going to marry somebody and you're going to be in a relationship with somebody, if that is their thing as a guy, you have to decide if it's something that you're willing to put up with or not. And I mean, put up with in every aspect, the time away, uh, the investment itself. Um, so I, I do think it depends on, on the, the girl or the guy. Okay. So Kylie, what do you think? Should, uh, should somebody start with the talk or no? I don't know. I mean, like Ashley said, every girl is different. From my point of view, I think if you would have, like, sat me down and, you know, tried to have this really, like, serious conversation about deer hunting that early on, I would have went back <laughs> to my girlfriends and been like, what in the hell? Like, he just tried <laughs> to sit me down and counsel me about deer hunting. Like, I've, I probably would have been a little, like, I don't know anymore. So I think Ashley's right. you got to kind of into it maybe and, that, and again that's from my perspective and you know make sure a you know they're supportive of hunting or they get it because i think that's a big part of it too a lot of people weren't 
around it growing up or, or don't have any idea. And a lot of times hunting is, you know, viewed as so negative in today's society. I think you just really need to make sure that before you talk about your interest in hunting, that they fully understand, you know, what, what does it mean to hunt? What does it mean to hunt to you and, and try and portray it in the right light? Yeah. Wise words, wise words, hon. <laughs> so, so I now want to ask you guys a tough question. I think this is going to be tough because there's so many different answers. I think you're just going to be struggling to come up with the right, to choose the right one because there's just a lot. Um, but I want to know, what do you think is the best thing about being married to a serious hunter? <laughs> Kylie, what do you think? Um, can I say two things? Does that count? Yeah, I'll give you a pass. <laughs> I would say um, probably the best thing, ironically, is the the time apart. I think I think it helps our relationship, in all honesty. And I know you struggle with it, but sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you on the phone when you're gone because it's so nice when you come back. It's like you're starting fresh. Like you have so much to talk about. Uh, you're excited to see each other. So can, I think that's I just... one of the good things I think. Can I just jump in here really quick? Time out on that. You know, you say you say that you don't like to talk that much on the phone, and so then I don't call you because I call you every night when I'm on a hunting trip, and then you talk to me for like two minutes, and then like I don't really like talking on the phone. So then when I stop calling you though, because you just told me you don't like talking on the phone, then you get mad at me because I didn't call you. So. All right, let's remember this is a deer hunting show. This is not a Doctor Phil. <laughs> All oh, I need is a nice text that, that shows me you're thinking of me. But I mean, the other <laughs> part too is you spent the entire day in a tree. Like, what? Like, what do we have to talk about? Uh, like, okay, I saw right? the I saw the 135 inch ten pointer. I saw seven does. Post, I had a close call with but a 150. You post everything online. Uh, but really, you know, I'm a storyteller. So I can I can see everything online. So I know. But anyway, so I. <laughs> Back to the point, being apart, like I said, I think it kind of helps your relationship, you know, revitalizes things, you're more excited, you have more to talk about. And then the other thing would be uh, the food is a, is a big plus for me. Um, we don't buy any red meat right now. We, you know, fully live off of venison, and I really enjoy cooking it and, and trying different recipes. And I think it's just cool to say that, um, you know, we're living off of meat that you harvest. So Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. What about you, Ashley? I would definitely agree with Kylie and the time away and the, the anticipation of being together. And then, actually, I would say um, the anticipation for your spouse, like for in my case, Corey, um, like when he, he had just talked to me before he went out hunting um, when he was down in Ohio, and then to get a call earlier than expected, and he said he got one, and just so excited for him. Um, and I would say the support because I don't know, I just feel like that is something that bonds you maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, and the food as well. There, there's so many different things, but those are the top, definitely. The bonding, I would say of that, the anticipation of the time away, alone time, and then, um, of course the food, definitely. Yeah. So then on the other hand, and I don't know, maybe we already talked about this a little bit, maybe there's something different. Um, but if those are the best things, what are the worst things? Um, and I'll go back to you, Kylie. Uh, the time apart, I think. And, and that's why I said it was a little ironic in the first response. I, I think 
probably a week and a half in, and one of your podcasts, I think you talked about this, and, and Dan, you mentioned that it had been a week and a half, and your wife was finally like, I'm over it. And I think that's really the point where it's like, all right, I'm over it. Like, it was fun at first. I had my time. Like, now you need to come home. And for me, it it's, you know, I'm sick of doing everything by myself type of thing. So, you know, taking out the trash mm-hmm. and, and doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing. And I can't even imagine when we have kids and that solely weighing on my shoulders to take care of the kids, too, while you're gone. I think that's probably the worst part of it. Or if, And I think you were gone once and, like, our pipes had froze or something happened. We had, like, a huge snowstorm and I was stuck in the house. I couldn't get out. Um, stuff like that is is what makes you being gone difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's understandable. And uh, Ashley, are you still on the same thing, or is there anything else that stands out to you? Um, you know, I, I'm definitely on the same page, but there's one thing that just drives me crazy, and the statement about well, hunting, hunting comes once a year. No, 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 no. <laughs> hunting to a true hunter is never once a year. It is a season, of course, but then there's shed season and then there's turkey season. So, yes, as, as far as whitetail goes, yes, there is a season. However, there are many other seasons if you are somebody that hunts other animals. So that argument, and definitely with Kylie, with the at-home responsibilities, the everyday life um, and, you know, the other thing is, is even now, Corey will spend hours, countless hours and evenings on his phone on, like, the GIS looking at aerial views of Google Maps of properties and land. <laughs> my and man. Who owns one? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Like, that has been actually a point of contention for us because it's not that I don't want him to do it, but I'm not kidding you. I mean, he will literally spend his evening doing that, and then I feel like I haven't seen him. So, <laughs> that would be the other thing. <laughs> Yeah. Has there has there ever been a point um with with you ladies that it has gotten to om- like almost a tipping point or a breaking point and and maybe you can um Ashley you can start and maybe explain what led up to that? The you mean the breaking point of um... like it was it was going to get you're going to get pissed. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm not necessarily a mild-tempered person, <laughs> so <laughs> there's been a few of these, and I'm slightly blunt. I would say a lot of my friends would say I'm blunt, hopefully in a loving way, but I'm blunt. And so, yeah, definitely, there's been many points, because Corey, like I said, not only does he have me as his wife, as far as responsibility, he has a practice, and then hunting is is a big priority to him. And I would definitely say hunting is almost number one, if not number one. Um, to give a specific instance, I don't feel like I have one specific instance, except recently Corey had went to Ohio. Um, and he, not this last time he, he got his buck, but the time before, and he actually had gotten sick down there. Um, obviously not his fault that he had gotten sick, but it was something that I ended up having to take time off of work and, um, basically go with his mom actually to help me to meet him and bring him back. We ended up having to take him to the hospital and other events. So not that that's the source and reason he got sick, but again, just one more thing. 
I mean, <laughs> as far as the hunting and yeah. and life and then work and he took off work and yet actually had to miss more work because of it. And not that that's all bad, but as far as um, having a patient role that he has to um, service every day, it definitely made it hard. And then on top of, of course, the house things and life and, and yeah. Now, now my question to you, uh, Kylie, is that if this is just a, a little bit of a, I guess, a different angle to the same question, but if Mark was still working at Google and didn't make any money from Wired to Hunt and he there was no such thing to Wired to Hunt, he was working full-time at Google still, would you be as understanding and as patient as you are now knowing that there's no extra income coming in? I mean, again, with what Mark was, it was so foreign to me to even think of, you know, when he first came to me and was like, you know, eventually I want to quit my job and do this. I'm like, do what? Like, I, it was so far. Um, I mean, I think it, it plays into each other. So say he was still, you know, working at Google. I don't think his hunting would be as intense as it is now. So it would probably be a little bit easier for me to handle. But since he's not employed or working the nine to five, it's, it's far more intense than the, the average guy, I think. So it, it can be a little bit, a little bit rougher, I think now that it's his, his job. But I'm, I will say I'm probably harder on him now that it's his job. And I think I put a lot of pressure on him for things, you know, in addition to the pressure that he puts on himself. Um, like this year, you know, he waited until the last minute to get a dough, but I was really hard on him about it and giving him a hard time that, you know, this is this is why you quit, this is our food, and that. So I'm definitely harder on him as far as results, I think, now that this mm -hmm. is his full-time gig. Yeah, that's crazy because my wife has never said to me or will ever say to me, <laughs> I think you should go hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate that with that. Is... And uh, you know something when you were bringing that up, uh, Kylie. You know, to the fact you do put a little extra pressure on me, but that's a good thing because uh, I appreciate the fact that you, um, you know, you you always challenge me. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself and challenge myself, but you're a really good partner in that and continuing me to push towards those goals. You know, for example, last year, as a lot of people know. Um, I'd been hunting like crazy and was starting to slow down a little bit in mid-December. was getting a little bit down on my luck, and I'd hunted like four days in a row and had close calls but just couldn't quite pull it off. And on the fifth day, I was like, ah, I'm going to take the day off. And that one day, you were like, no, you got to get out there and hunt. And I did, and I killed six-shooter, the big buck I was after. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool to have that. So, I, uh... Again, I think it's, it's unique in that it's your job. So, it's like the same aspect as when you get up in the morning and you don't want to, you know, drive to work. It's like you get up and you don't want to go hunting. So for me, it's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is why you, you know, quit the nine to five. You have to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, which isn't too, too bad of a deal for me. I kind of like that. <laughs> so, so I've got another question. I know you have both dealt with this in different ways. So I'm curious to hear on what you have to say here. But when you, you know, you're at work or you're with friends and you're talking to them and eventually the topic of your husband 
is brought up, and they say, oh, what does your husband like to do for fun, or where is he this week, why are you home alone? I imagine, I'm curious, you know, do your friends or coworkers, are they bewildered when you tell them what your husband is doing? And, you know, how do you explain it, and, and what do they say to that? Ashley, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that first. Mm-hmm. Yes, when um, there's one other uh, woman that I work with who completely understands her her husband is, is much like you guys as far as hunting. Um, so it's like second nature to talk to her, and I tend to gravitate to her um, when discussing some of these topics. And, and also, you know, if I... I'm frustrated with something, but, uh, definitely my boss is like, you do what, why does he go where, um, what is this? Why? And, and really, I don't know if he even cares, <laughs> but sometimes to ask questions, I think he does. And when I had mentioned that we were going to shed hunt, he said, shed what? And mind you, he is an extremely intelligent man. And I said, you know, uh, bucks have antlers and they fall, oh, they shed every you know, early spring, late winter. And he's like, so you literally walk around to find them. And I said, essentially, yeah. And he's like, well, that has to be kind of, I mean, that wouldn't be too hard, would it? I mean, there's a lot of deer. And I'm like, uh, no, it's extremely difficult. I mean, it's not like you just walk, you know, two steps and you find it. So I would say that it is a little bit difficult to explain. And when I, when I start to explain something, I always try to feel around for their perspective to begin with about hunting before I go into much detail. Um, I would say that would be the key of it would be to get their perspective a little bit, making sure that they understand listening and then, and then go there. If, if the conversation leads to it. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were onto something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from heart and soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised grass-fed and finished cattle heart and soils unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean convenient taste-free capsule find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. 
The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Okay. Kylie, what about you? Have you encountered anything like that? Yeah. Um, my last job, I think a lot of people were foreign to the concept of, of hunting. And I think the biggest mm-hmm. confusion that I saw was that they live in a subdivision on the outskirts of town, and they'll see, you know, 20 deer in their backyard at night. So the challenge, they're like, well, what's the challenge? Like, tell them you can just come to my house and shoot a deer from exactly. my porch. Like, they don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand the challenge and, you know, the age and the standards and things like that. Um, but Ashley made a good point. The shed hunting thing, that, I think, confuses people more than the actual hunting. Like, they get killing an animal to, you know... Harvesting mm-hmm. it for the meat, but when you talk about going to look for its antlers, people are like, "Well, what do you do with them? That like what?" Right. And that is the thing that people are scared <laughs> about. Yeah, we, me and Dan have talked about that before too. There's usually a lot of confusion around that. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to kind of take a little bit different look at things, and something we talked about, we kind of passed on. Dan mentioned it, um, but I just took a look at our Facebook page where. Some of our listeners have been posting questions, and here's a question um, that I want to throw out there, and this could turn ugly. I'm not sure how this is going to go because we actually <laughs> haven't we haven't really had this conversation yet, um, but I want to put it out here and see where this goes. Um, Bobby McDougal, I believe is his name, he asked, <laughs> if and when children are part of the Kenyan picture, will you, Kylie, expect Mark to reduce his time in the tree stand? And then, Mark, what do you think? So I'll put that to you, Kylie. When we have kids, if we have kids, what's the uh, what's going to happen? You know, I mean, we've, we've kind of had this conversation. We definitely know when we're ready to start trying that we don't want the due date to fall during hunting season. Um, I mean, I think we're aware of that in regards to the amount of time spent. I don't think that's something that you can predict. I think we're going to have to work on it as we go. Um, maybe Dan's got some good advice. I, I think the biggest challenge, though, will come when your kids get a little bit older and they have activities. I think that's my concern. So, you know, say we have a son and he plays football and, you know, Mark's gone every year during homecoming or, or something like that. I think that's when it's going to become more of a challenge for us to work on balancing it and and just making sure that the the kids aren't negatively impacted by you being gone for extended periods. Yeah, but the thing is that our kids not going to be allowed to play football since that falls during hunting season, so that won't be an issue. <laughs> oh boy, getting yeah. deep in here. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know that is going to be that is going to be a challenge um, because. You know, as we've talked about, and as everyone who listens to this knows, you know, I'm very, very serious about this. And then on top of that, right, it's my career. Um, so, <laughs> you know, if you talk to anyone who works a regular nine to five, for most guys, they wouldn't stop working their nine to five because they had a child. They might need to change a little bit what they do on the on the either side of their nine to five, but they'd still have to work that. So I think I'm still going to have to do my quote unquote nine to five. But to your point, Kylie. 
I'm going to have to start finding different ways to make sure I make you know myself available in the ways I need to be to be a good father. Um, and like you said, we'll work through that as we go through them. And I'm sure, you know, as we work through things to this point, I know we can do that, you know, when, when kids get in the picture. But, you know, I know it's going to be a challenge. I know, Dan, that's something you struggle with, and I'm sure everybody does. Um, I think another thing that's important and that, you know, was passed on to me by my dad and his dad is the importance of getting your kids involved. So as soon as you can, getting them out there as much as possible. I know that, you know, my grandpa went hunting all the time, you know, back in the day. And he had my dad and my uncle and my aunt out there with him when they were like four years old. Every hunt sitting out there next to a tree with him. And, um, you know, I plan to do that as much as I possibly can with my potential future children, too. Um, So that's something that will be interesting, I think. That's for sure. I think one thing that you haven't thought of is how much you're going to miss your children. So I think, you know, in forward mm-hmm. thinking to you, it's just like, okay, yeah, I'll have a kid and I'll leave. But I think you'll underestimate the amount that you'll actually miss and miss your kids. You hit, you hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there. I When I went out to Nebraska, I was out there for five days. And I'll, like, miss, like, that was the biggest thing was missing my daughter. And, yeah, I missed my wife, too. But it was, it was, it was, it became hard. It was on my, it was almost like it affected my hunting because I was thinking about my daughter so much. Mm -hmm. I think, I don't know. I, and I'm speaking, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm speaking for women in, in general right now. I think the other thing that's hard with, with hunters is the, the idea that hunters are, tend to be selfish with the hunting season. Um, because I would agree with that. And their argument is, well, it comes one time a year. I, and exactly what Corey just, or what Kylie just said, Corey and I had talked about, it. I would hope that it would be something that, um, would be on your mind, obviously would be missing your family too. So hopefully that would balance out any challenge or, you know, arguments in the future of that, because that is one concern I have is that when we do have children, where is that going to fall into play? And then also, um, how do you tell your kid? And like Kylie said, when they get older and they're in maybe sports or, or something, how do you say, well, you know, your dad's not here right now because he's hunting. How does that fall into play with um, priorities for that child? I mean, you can say that, but it doesn't mean that they're going to understand and maybe feel like, well, obviously I'm not as important as hunting. Um, for you, Mark, because it is your your career now that's going to play a little different for you than it would maybe Corey and I but um definitely Kylie hit the nail on the head there with how much you're really going to miss them and want and like you said want to share it with them but when they're young it's probably going to be a challenge yeah I think I think that this is probably one of those topics and challenges this that's sort of a defining moment for a lot of serious hunters and I haven't gotten to that mm-hmm. gotten to that point really I've gone through the marriage stage but I haven't started a family with children yet but I think Dan I'm sure you went you know as we've discussed you have gone through this and I'm sure lots of other people out there they go through this phase of being super gung-ho hunter and then eventually a family comes in and as you guys have all mentioned priorities start becoming a conversation that you need to have and you need to figure out where the you know how your priorities stack up and of course I think um you know, it's important for family to be, you know, your most important priority. Um, so that's something that I'm, 
I'm sure, you know, we'll be discussing on where to hunt over the coming years as I start experiencing these things. And Dan, as your experience continues to change and evolve, I'm sure we'll have interesting things to hear uh, about this. But it's interesting to hear your guys' perspective, too, from the female side of things. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's going to make I, things. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. Children change everything. Everything. It, it is. It is a, it's like a, a punch to the nuts of life. Oh, <laughs> I'm serious. It, it is, it is a wake up call. And mm-hmm. I, I thought, you know, my wife was pregnant and I was just like, Oh, this is so beautiful. We're going to have a baby. I, I, oh, I'm so excited. And then the first and second, maybe even third week in where I got like a combined seven hours of sleep in three weeks, that's your wake up call. And, and, and that is wowzers. That's a whole nother topic. You're hitting my chances, Dan. Be quiet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're you're scaring me, Dan. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Um, well let's, let's move on from the baby topic. (laughs) Um, so I've got two more things I wanted to bring up, uh, cause we are running down on time here. Um, Dan, do you have something you want to want to shoot out there first, or do you want me to go ahead with these next couple and you can stew on one more? Well, the, I got one here. Um, I think I'll save it for last. Go ahead, Mark. All right. So I know, I think you guys have numerous stories you could bring up for this one, but I'm curious, what is the remote, what do you think is the most ridiculous thing that your husband has done for or related to deer hunting? Um, I mean, I can think of a few things that I've done that you might bring up, Kylie, but I'm curious to know what you guys think the most ridiculous thing we've done is related to it. Maybe it's the amount of time we put into something or what we did for something. I'm not sure what, but Ashley, is there something that comes to mind when it comes to this? Hmm. That's a good question. Something ridiculous. Well, at first, you know, I've almost become desensitized to everything so nothing surprises me anymore and nothing to me is odd <laughs> but one thing that Corey used to do and still does um I don't think he's as adamant about it now but he would I don't know if I should be sharing this but he would he would <laughs> purposefully eat an apple before he left and then he would take he would like take it with him and then rub it on the soles of his boots sometimes and because he's such a scent control freak I am like what are you doing and he's like, I swear it works every time. And I mean, I will say Corey has had, you know, has been blessed to be able to take in some of the deer he's taken. Um, that's one thing, but, you know, not anything else that really comes to mind. Maybe his face paint looks a little excessive. I mean, it is funny <laughs> to me. I mean, the face paint and some of the things that I just laugh about. But like I said, I I almost feel like I've become desensitized to some of his quirks maybe um but he's very very particular with um with scent control i mean excessively almost annoyingly so um but not that i disagree with it (laughs) yeah i would say those few things you know i gotta say though you need to you need to come down hard on him ashley because this past weekend he got dressed in some of his hunting clothes in the hotel room and I looked at him like, dang, dang, Corey, what are you doing? So he's getting, he's getting a little You're soft. You're kidding me. No. So you You're gotta, kidding me. Yeah, make sure you give him what for. <laughs> I will because that is, he would have shot me if I ever went with him and I did that. I mean, he would have just, 
I would not have been allowed to go. <laughs> so, uh, Kylie, what about you? Is there anything you could possibly think of that I've done this ridiculous? And I, like you said, I'm sure there's tons and tons of stories. Um, I mean, probably kind of off what Ashley said, I've gone hunting with you a couple times, and, like, the process to get out there, like, it is ridiculous. <laughs> like, washing my clothes, you, like, spray, you have, like, sprayed me in the face before, like, <laughs> with yeah. stuff. like, you're just very, like, you take OCD to, like, a whole new level with this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially when I'm filming, you'll be like, here comes a deer. So I, like, go to grab the camera, and you're like, don't move! I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand that. So, hey, that's a cameraman just, thing, though. That's not just a wife thing. That's a cameraman thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I would say the scent stuff, and, you know, just sometimes when you're, like, getting ready to go out, and it's like, well, the wind is here, and maybe if I like belly crawl in here and like roll down this hill and then climb up this one tree, it's like really like just go hunting. Well, you know, I've got there's a method to my madness, Kylie. There's a method to the madness. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, another thing I thought of, um, what I thought was pretty funny was one of the first times you ever went hunting with me right along with this is uh, we were in Illinois and you were coming out to film me and when I told you that you had to wash your hair with special shampoo and didn't have conditioner <laughs> you just about quit right then and there <laughs> well and then you don't understand because you guys don't have long hair but I had to wake up even earlier because I had to blow dry my hair because it would have just turned into icicles if I went out. So not only did I have to wash my hair with, like, this crap shampoo that tangled it, I had to spend, like, 15 minutes blow drying it. Yeah. <laughs> I would concur with that because with long hair and, for me, curly hair, I have to use conditioner. And we need to come up with that because... There needs to be a scent control conditioner. I'm just saying if there's not already, because Corey will, would never have me use it. just have me use the shampoo, and I cannot not use that. I mean, you will not get through my hair. It is a disaster if I don't have conditioner. It would be a good camo. Yeah, it would be, right? be a good company. I, mean, I think there really needs to be. This is something that I'm sure someone's it, already looking at, but if not, they should, or we should start it, is like absolutely. scent control products for women. Oh, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome sure. that more and more women women are getting into hunting, and I'd love to have a conversation with you guys in more detail about you know your thoughts on getting involved in the outdoors and hunting. Because um, I know both of you to some degree have gotten more interested in it in some ways, but we're running out of time mm-hmm. here, so maybe we'll get you on for another show. Um, but Dan, do you want to close us down here with one more? Mark, first off, there is two more questions. The very last one. See, you're on the note where it says end recording yes there's one right above oh, that yeah yeah that was that my, one needs to be asked <laughs> that was my but, surprise <laughs> okay but as far as as far as i don't want to say changing who your husbands are is there something that maybe an um like a an attitude he has or a nervous tick or something that you would like to change about him when it comes to whitetail hunting what would that be uh kylie um, I would say overthinking things would probably be my, my one thing that I wish I could change about him. Um, but I think it's probably consistent across most 
hunters, but literally like deciding what stand to hunt in or what property to go to or if you should go to Ohio or if you should hunt Iowa. It's just the 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 indecisiveness and really just over analyzing every aspect of a decision instead of just learning to follow his gut sometimes and say, Oh, I'm just I feel like I should do this, I'm I'm just gonna do this and just go with it and see what happens. We talked about that, Mark. Yeah, yeah, it's uh it's a thing. That's it's uh a, it's a real deal. It's a real deal. I'll give her that. What about you, Ashley? Um, yes, I cannot agree more. That is hitting the nail on the head for sure. Because I don't I really think that most serious hunters do that. I think they question themselves, especially if you have, you know, more than one spot and hopefully you do have more than one spot to go hunting. Um, but like Kylie went off of, especially for Corey, um, when he's in Iowa, you know, he's got a few spots that he still really likes to go. And so that's not really the issue when he's there. Well, sometimes it is, but in Michigan, it is a struggle for him to, you know, should I go here? Should I sit at this stand? And with this wind, and it plays a big part with the weather, the wind and, and all of that. So, um, yes, definitely not overthinking things and just going with it and enjoying what he's doing and remembering that he's hunting because this is a passion and a, and a love of his, not because it's a job for him, for Corey in particular, um, and remembering to enjoy it. So, and he does enjoy it, but you know, in, in the midst of all of the, should I hunt here? Should I sit this stand and, and all of that? Remembering this is, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, it's something that I've heard both of you guys talk about before, um, is just how stressed we get. I know that me and Corey Mm -hmm. get pretty stressed with all these different things. And and is that something that, does that affect you guys? Like how stressed out we get about these different things or if our season isn't going well or something went wrong on the hunt or hit a deer and couldn't find it, you know, does that stress that we have and and how it upsets us and throws us off, does that affect you guys in in a, in a way too? Kylie, I guess maybe I'm curious about you first. I nowhere near the, the impact that it has on you. I mean, I think Jawbreaker is, is a good example of that. And, you know, the impact that it had on you was, was huge. And for me, you know, as your wife, it it's less of a, you know, earth-shattering event, but more of a, you know, just figuring out what I can do to support you and, and make sure that, you know, you're not soaking on it too much. Um, but that you are, you know, reflecting on it and, and learning from it and then moving forward with it. But I don't feel like it's a, a time-consuming thing or a draining thing where it's like, oh, gosh, I'm just, you know, Mark's stressed about, you know, killing this deer, and I'm really stressed too. It, it doesn't have that strong of an effect on me. Is it irritating, though? Um, I don't think so. Probably because I'm really good at toning or, you know, zoning out. Just not listening to you I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, yep, okay, well, because sometimes I don't know that you really want or, or need my opinion about, you know, things. It's just you like to think out loud with it, and so... I just, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, no, I agree. Go ahead. Yeah, you can come there. <laughs> well, now that, that changes everything. I thought you were really giving me this advice that changed everything for me, and now you're just you're just saying random words? <laughs> uh, just blew my mind there. What about you, yeah. Ashley? Does it, does, it, does it irritate you when Corey gets so stressed out about it? Or I know, like, I know we've talked about this a little bit, the fact that Corey gets 
so stressed out or bummed out about not being in Iowa anymore? Um, how's, you know, does that whole thing irritate you? Does it bother you? Does it concern you? How do you deal with his stress over all this deer hunting stuff? It does bother me, actually, because I, too, I, I would move back to Iowa in a heartbeat. And I know Corey would, too, um, if the situation was a little different, which people say, well, why don't you make it different? You know, change it. Well, since we're in so deep with the practice already, it, it's easier said than done. Um, however, where there's a will, there's a way. And I do believe that we will someday be either out there or, or who knows what. But um, it does affect me because I see how it really affects Corey. I mean, I really believe that a little piece of Corey died when we moved back to Michigan. Died in the hunting world. I really mean that. I mean, to his core, it really did. And some of his friends, I think, were like, well, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you try harder to, to stay out here and, and everything? But when you have, you know, the added student loan debt and things that we had faced, it is a scary scary reality and so you know you do what you know to do and so he did um but it does affect me because like Kylie said it's more or less trying to figure out how to encourage and support um his frustration maybe with it and frustration with not being in Iowa because I know it has for four years like I said we we are still discussing it and I believe that we if we never move back there I believe that it would be something that Corey would regret not moving back out there. However, I don't know as though I, I don't know what the plan is for us with that, but yeah, it, it definitely affects me for him because I see how much he dreams. I mean, he dreams and dreams and dreams about owning, you know, a farm someday and, and all of the details, like I said, he spends countless hours on the GIS you know, Google Maps, looking at property. I mean, the guy can tell you if I'm, if I, we drive by a house and I'm like, Oh man, there's so many thousands of this. Oh yeah. This and such owns that. And they own this much land. And I, you know, this much is um, tillable and this much is wooded and this has a creek running through it. And this, I mean, it's impressive to me how much he retains with land. He is a lover of, of all things outside and outdoors and land. So um, it definitely does affect us together. I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, to your point about his obsession with land, he'd be a really good real estate agent, wouldn't he? He sure <laughs> would. <laughs> Gosh, he should really look into that. I'm just going to say that on he, air right here. <laughs> he he should, and I I believe he is, and and hopefully that's an avenue that he will be pursuing shortly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think two things need to be said here. Number one, you two are both really incredible supporters of your husbands and I'm not sure I don't know um, but I'm not sure everyone is as supportive as you guys are so I would just like to say that I appreciate that both to you obviously Kylie and and Ashley too I think it means a lot for a hunter for someone like me to know that we have that support and understanding and um, because we have that it also I think for me at least I realize how appreciative I need to be of that but then also how much how important it is for me to give back equally in different ways and that's something that I know I can do better at but it's something that um, I know is deserved um, so I want to say that but then finally we did have that final question that Dan mentioned and this really was the final question from the beginning before we ever talked about any of this stuff um, but it's kind of ironic given what we just talked about Ashley because I posted I posted a question up on on the Wired Hunt Facebook page asking what questions we should ask you guys, and someone named Ross Hossman. I don't know if you guys know him, but he, <laughs> he, he asked this question, and it's a very important one. Does Kylie love Mark enough 
to move to Iowa? <laughs> <laughs> so, Kylie, what's the answer? <laughs> you know, and funny, Ashley goes through the same thing the end of every hunting season. Mark's like, oh, Michigan, like, I just want to yep. be somewhere where, where the deer are bigger. And, you know, you go through that low and that frustration of, of living in Michigan. Um, but anyways, to, to answer the question, yes. I do love Mark enough to move to Iowa, um, and we've talked about it, you know, and I think the, the hard thing is always family, and, and I've said to Mark, if we're going to move, it's going to have to be, you know, you're, you initiating the the move because my job is never going to take me to Iowa, let's be real. So if, if we're going to relocate, it's going to be for what you do, but like I said, family is a, a big thing, and we really enjoy being close to our family and being able to see them a lot. So I think that's a a struggle that we're kind of facing. A lot of people are probably facing Um, Mm -hmm. with the the extended vacation we have planned, you know, for this summer. I think that'll be a good way for us to kind of test the waters and being away for an extended period of time and and seeing how we like that. And, you know, maybe at the end of the summer, we'll reevaluate where we are currently living. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it will be an interesting question and journey we'll be on here in the in the coming months and years, figuring out what the future holds. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know, Dan. There's no there's else? no big deer in Iowa, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to point. I want to make one quick point that when I talk about you know both when me and Corey talk about wanting to go to different states because you know there's a lot of people listening right now that live in states like Michigan or Pennsylvania or New York or wherever it might be where the hunting is um, different than it is in Iowa or Kansas or whatever. And um, it's not worse. It's still, you can still have a lot of fun. You can still do great. You can still really enjoy hunting. And I want to make sure that I don't downplay that too much. Um, I just do, like you said, Kylie, I do complain about Michigan sometimes because when you get to go somewhere like Iowa or Ohio, the experience is much different. Yes, there's bigger deer, but 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 really the difference is that there's there's more older age class deer because we have older deer. You get to see behaviors that you never see in Michigan. You get to see, you have experiences that you never have in Michigan. You know, I'll get to see a buck sparring Absolutely. in Iowa, or I might be able to rattle in a buck in Ohio, or you know, I'll see a buck vocalizing in some way that you just never would see in Michigan because they're so pressured because they're all young, you know, majority or younger deer. Um, in these other lower pressure states like Ohio, Iowa, Kansas, whatever, um, it's just a different experience, and that is so exciting for me to be able to have that experience um, and put some of these different strategies to play and, and be able to see these deer. But you know. Yes, of course, I love big deer, too, and they're just incredible animals mm-hmm. to see, and so I, I can't, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that's part of it, too. But there's there's a lot of things that go into it for me. Um, so I think I think that's going to do it. This is going to be a pretty long episode, but I think it was really interesting. Dan, what did you think? Yeah, it's good to see a perspective outside of um, our own, obviously, in, in any topic, but I think it puts, like I said, it puts into perspective – um, things that we don't, I mean, as like me and you, Mark, we almost get blinders on when it comes, when, when we talk about, uh, uh, deer hunting and we may not see everything that's happening outside of us. So it's good to see another perspective of, you know, from, from our significant others that, uh, kind of fill in the blanks. Yeah, I think you are absolutely right. I am, I know I'm definitely guilty of tunnel vision when it comes to this stuff sometimes. So it's, uh, 
it's good to get that wake up call every once in a while. So, so thank you, Kylie and Ashley, for joining us on the podcast. Um, this has been this has been pretty cool. So thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, we're gonna shut her down. Well, I think that wraps things up here today, and I hope you enjoy this whole discussion as much as we did. I think we got a whole new perspective from what we're usually used to seeing as whitetail addicts. And uh, I think I got out of this without getting into too much trouble with my wife, too, so that's a good thing. That said, be sure to visit wiredtohunt.com slash episode 38 for show notes and links from this episode. And I want to give you guys another update that we mentioned last time as well. If you're an Android phone user or Android tablet user, you can now listen to the Wired Hunt podcast on your device with the Stitcher app. Go to your app store, download Stitcher, and that way you can get the, the new podcast downloaded every week right to your phone or tablet. Really easy, really nice. We'd also like to thank our partners who helped make this show possible. So big thank you to Sick Gear, Trophy Ridge, Bear Archery, Redneck Blinds, Carbon Express Arrows, Huntsoft, Lacrosse Boots, Big and J Long Range Attractants, and the Whitetail Institute of North America. Finally, thank you all so much for joining us here today on the podcast. I hope your new year is off to a great start. And of course, I hope that in 2015, you'll stay wired to hunt. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase.